Good morning. Good morning, planet Earth. Good morning, planet Earth. It is your friend, Dan. It is, as of this recording, approximately 9.43 a.m. Mountain Standard Time in the great state of Utah. Yes, it is Thursday, July the 8th, 2021, in the year of Bo Blimpdoc. Leave behind your LinkedIn, your Facebook, your Twitter, your TikTok. Crawl out of the cave. Crawl out of the cave. Crawl out of the dungeon you've been put into. Roll away the stone. Get up. Get out of bed. If you're listening on shortwave radio, and it's either Saturday or Sunday night, it could be 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It could be just after or around 11 p.m. on Saturday or Sunday night, Eastern Standard Time, 3 a.m. That's trace, trace, 3 a.m., tree a.m., Tree Alpha Mike, UTC the next day. This is WRMI, 5950 kilohertz, out of the Okie Everglades Swamp Complex. Here in the Everglades, they built antennas. These antennas reach into outer space. These antennas touch inner space. These antennas will touch your heart. Anywho, if you're listening on shortwave radio, the notes for this podcast can be easily found by going to dfgtc.org slash show notes. That's Delta Foxtrot Golf Tango Charlie.org slash show notes. And if you pick the right date of the notes, the date that you're listening on, that would be the correct date, as in date time, as in a point in the temporal chronosphere. If you pick the right coordinates in the chronosphere, you'll find the right notes. If you pick the wrong coordinates, if you pick the wrong ones, You'll drift through time like a time cowboy covered in cobalt. first topic. I am not going to read the news articles. You can find them yourself. If you research the topic of President Biden intends to send people to your home to check on your vaccine status, 
the actual article, like I have a link to it in the notes, the actual article doesn't really read like that. It reads like Biden goes door to door, blah, blah, blah. You can read the link in the notes yourself. A new educational effort. But in the Alex Jones, underground, alt press, Ian Miles wrong, Andy no clue, we think rubber cones mean something reality. People have been painting this story as armed thugs. Armed thugs. They're sent to your home. They're going to shoot your dog. Yeah, and they might. But the actual article reads like a nothing burger. It reads like a bunch of dummies being paid stupid money that is being printed at the last minute of a dying empire to keep people frustrated and crazy and busy and confused while other things happen. Kind of how magic works. Keep people dazzled and confused. Have a pretty girl. A pretty girl wearing a short skirt. Dirty old magician. Show us your trick. Have a pretty girl. She's very pretty. Dirty old magician. Show us your trick. There are so many edicts being issued by this king. You can call him a king. I think he's a buffoon. It's even questionable how much consciousness, how much awareness currently exists in the head of Joseph Biden. If you listen to my podcast, I refer to him as the mayor of Washington, D.C. 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 approaches. Washington, D.C., I don't really think the center can hold. A lot of people are drawing comparisons that are appropriate to the Soviet Union in the 1930s or Nazi Germany in the 1930s. If the United States government is anything at this point, it's the Soviet Union in 1993. It's Nazi Germany, Berlin, 1945. This is not the beginning of the revolution. There are a lot of people spinning some strange narratives. And one of the strange narratives is that the new new government, the new one world government cometh. It cometh soon. It's so soon. Brothers and sisters, we've had it. We've had one world government my entire life. And you could probably make a good argument that we've had it at least since 1945. Now, you could say, well, what about the Cold War? And what about the communists? Get real. Get bent. We fed the communists. We funded the communists. Opening up China in the early 1970s saved the Chinese communists. Tell me again about the Cold War. There's a lot of fear about the ridiculous and, and, and insane and absurd things that are being threatened. And it's not just the, the quote-unquote White House, because I don't want to say President Biden. I think that he might be an older person who's being abused right now. I don't think he's there. 
but whoever is controlling that guy, it's the White House. And with respect to the White House, what they're saying, the fears they are spreading are ridiculous. But they work. They're working. This is the thing that's sad. This is the thing that makes me angry and sad and I would say contributes to my desire to simply give up. I really give up, give up on myself, but just as important, give up on most of you. Now, I don't intend to, but there are days I feel like it because these fears, these fears the government is feeding you are absurd. They're ridiculous. They are counterproductive. They keep you confused and separated. They keep you at each other's throats. And if there is some legitimate concern, it could be the size of a super battleship going by and we would not see it. We wouldn't. Everybody's clinging so tightly to their favorite fear. You pick a fear. Oh, I'm afraid of the commies. I'm afraid of the commies. I'm afraid of the Chinese. I'm afraid of the Russians. I'm afraid of the COVID. It's coming. The Delta variant. It's coming for you. It's coming for me. But what if this is, as I've stated, a lot of bravado? What if this is a lot of crap? What if, and I know a lot of you don't believe me, a lot of you believe that our government is super powerful, that the reason why we're withdrawing troops from Afghanistan is because, you know, we've got a turncoat in office, but if we had Trump, we'd win the war here. Listen, a lot of you guys out there need to believe some really absurd nonsense. But what if... This crazy old hobo in Utah is correct. What if the center cannot hold? What if our government, whatever you want to call it, has reached the breaking point? That's a, that's a good question because that would explain all of this nonsense, all of this psychological warfare. It would explain all of it. They don't have the strength or the power to fight back against us. They don't have the energy to make you do anything. They don't have the power, the energy, or the resources as of right now to throw you into a FEMA camp. But they do have the resources to convince you that they will. They do have the resources to parade propaganda of fear to make it seem like they're all powerful. They have the resources to make it seem like the commies run the streets. But in reality, most of you have been policing each other. Most of you have acted like the jail guards, the jail wardens with each other. Most of you have done the bidding and LARPing and improvisation for every little petty psyop. I don't care if it's the race war or the monkey herpes and any version of the monkey herpes. I don't care if it's the Chinese created it monkey herpes or the Dr. Fauci created it monkey herpes or the vaccine will turn you into lobster man monkey herpes mythology. It's all the same crap. And I'm not even going to tell you you should be afraid of anything. Rather, I would say it's good if we can all just get some control of our fear. But I am pretty certain that they're not doing this because they're so strong that they can keep the previous system going for another 5,000 years. This is something I'd said to a friend once in, in the last year, and I'll say it to all of you. Assume these are the most wretched, despicable grotesque people that run the world, quote-unquote. I don't care what your favorite cabal is, if your soup du jour is the central banks, or your soup du jour is David Icke's reptilians, whoever it is. Okay, you need to think on this basic question. Whoever you think 
whatever group of elites and whatever confederacy of dunces at the top of the pyramid you think runs the world, if they could keep doing the same wretched nonsense that they have been doing my entire life for another 5,000 years, don't you think they would? They've had it all. How do you think you do the monkey herpes psyop? How do you think you do the race war psyop? You do it because you control it all. How do you think you turn off the most powerful economy in human history? Because you control the switch on that machine, buddy. If they could do this for another 5,000, 10,000 years, why wouldn't they? If you, you need to think on that question, Mr. and Mrs. COVID America. You need to think on that question, Mr. and Mrs. Commies and Race War. Mr. and Mrs. CRT. Whatever you're pissed off about today, I'm pretty certain it was given to you. They gave you a fear monkey and you chose to chase it a little. Here's a quote before we go to the next topic. Here is a quote I'd like you to think on, okay? You or I, we might be dumb enough, all of us together collectively. We all might be dumb enough to walk onto a train. But they are not strong enough to put us all onto the trains. They aren't. Okay, if you want to keep playing the hokey pokey, Simon says crap with the Dr. Fauci types and the Fox News and the CNN and the NPR. If you want to keep playing these wretched little fear games, by all means, develop your special theories about Donald Trump's super army in the Grand Canyon or how the Chinese invented the monkey herpes or how you saw lobster man vaccine injury. Tell me the story. You can do this. You can spend your day ruminating on the BS fears they give you, but they cannot make you do it. They cannot make you go on to a train. They cannot make you enter that camp. It's true. We live in a wretched neo-Stalinist hellhole, but we can still choose to ignore it. We can still turn away from it. It's not too late. But I promise you, Mr. and Mrs. America, if you end up going on to some train, if you get into some cattle car, it won't be because you had to go there. It's because you chose to. Next topic. topic. If you're listening on shortwave radio, this is 5950 kilohertz. This is 5950 kilohertz from WRMI, Miami, Okeechobee, from the swamp, the beast shall arise, the beast with 27 eyes and 14 arms and 16 outboard motors. This beast will be the hurricane beast of the swamps. This beast will have the power of Bojimbulus. This beast will be able to summon forth French bulldogs from 7,000 miles away. Yes, this beast. Yes. If you're listening on shortwave radio, this is 5950 kilohertz. This is WRMI, Miami, Okeechobee. 
And um, this is the Planetary Status Report with your friend Dan. If you want to get to the notes for this podcast broadcast, go to dfgtc.org slash show notes, and there are the notes. And if you want to email me to complain, feel free, brothers and sisters. Tell me how wretched you think I am. My email is me at imsully.com. I promise you, I get all kinds of emails dropped. So there's a likelihood that if you sent me five emails, only two would get through. But that's the joy of living on the Death Star. Next topic. I am, I've decided that if anyone asks me if I'm racist, I've, I've come to a conclusion, brothers and sisters, I've thought on this deeply. Words have lost all meaning. We're beyond concepts like words and definitions. So I've decided that since words have no meaning, since nothing that I say will change things, since I'm over the age of 50 and likely to be dead in a couple years, I've decided that I'm racist, that I might be the most racist person on planet Earth. If someone comes up to me and says, Dan, are you racist? I won't spend any time saying, what about my seven black friends? Well, I don't have seven black friends. I'm not even sure if I have one personal friend who is African American, at least not currently I'm in contact with. But I'm supposed to say black, right? That means I'm racist. How many Asian friends do I have? I can't think of one. How many Latino friends do I have? I can't think of one. No, I don't have any Latino friends or black friends or Asian friends. I don't even think I have one personal adult friend that is gay. Um, I don't have a ton of friends. I've been a bit of a hermit most of my adult life. All the friends I made in the services, the military, whatever, I kind of lost contact with. And as far as friends you make in the software world, well, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I don't know, guys. But if someone comes up to me and says, Dan, are you racist? I could spend all day twiddling my thumbs and say, look at all my friends I have that are whatever. I mean, I don't even have a Jewish friend, and I wouldn't lie about it and say, look at my Jewish friend. I don't even have one of those. And if I do, they're hiding, but they can't hide for long, right? If someone comes up to me off the street, if some stranger in a meeting says to me, are you racist? Which in my life, in my adulthood, I never thought would become a thing because for some strange reason about 25 years ago, I thought we were mostly over this crap. I really did. I thought we were actually mostly over this nonsense, this autistic spectrum nonsense because really... If you say you're a racist, you're really saying you're very, very autistic. It is. I'm sorry. Actual people that see the world in terms of skin color and race and ethnicity, actual people that see the world in terms of what's your gender, what kind of junk do you have? And when I say junk, I mean sexual organs. People who see the world in the two-dimensional terms of race, have a problem. It could be an organic brain problem. It could be a product of their environment. This is a nature-nurture discussion. I don't know how to resolve it. 
But people who literally see the world in those terms have a problem. Now, xenophobia is a thing. Xenophobia has always been a feature of human consciousness and probably a feature of all forms of consciousness. In fact, you could argue that xenophobia comes from consciousness because the first thing you say is, holy crap, I'm here. And the next thing the conscious being says, what's over there? over there. That's weird. The first thing a conscious mind says to itself, I guess, is I exist. I'm here. Wow, this is great. But after that, you start putting things in the boxes. And the problem with putting things in the boxes, well, the great thing about categorizing the world is that it can help you make decisions faster. The bad thing about categorizing the world is if your categories are broken, you can make the wrong decision faster. So I don't know. I don't want to say racism is an autism spectrum thing, but actual racism is weird to me. But that's really not the point. If someone comes up to me now and says, Dan, are you racist? I've given up, people. I've given up on this political garbage. This this entire discussion of race and sex and gender is so pointless and such a waste of time that if someone comes up to me and says, Dan, are you racist? I'm going to say, yeah, I'm the most racist. I'm more racist than anybody on planet Boblimpdoc. Planet Bo Blimp Doc, I am the most racist person. I formed the racialist armies and parties of the year 2535 Bo Blimp Doc. I am singularly, through observable science and the the mathematics of the year 2638, utilizing advanced supercomputing, bacteriological computing, utilizing fiber optic cables and gamma ray lasers, utilizing large hadron colliders, the scientists of the future have determined that there is nobody... Nobody, 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 nobody in Utah at least, nobody in Utah is more racist than Dan Sullivan. Dan is racist. He'll judge you based on the color, the color of your stool. Submit your stool sample. And I know you're going to say, well, Dan, this is an absurd position. You're being a clown. You're not taking the issues of racism seriously. And what I could say, and if there's a theme today to, to today's podcast, what I would say in response to that bizarre retort is that what do you want me to take seriously? Do you want me to take the Black Lives Matter nonsense I saw in Seattle last summer seriously? Okay, the Seattle bike cops and plain clothes shuttling them along seriously? Seattle employees actually helping out chap chas building barricades? Do you want me to take that snake pit gaslight 
Jenny Durkin nonsense seriously? Really? That's what you want me to take? How about this? Who with a conscience, who with principles, who with a soul records somebody being snuffed out for 10 minutes? Who does that? That's a simple question. If we're going to get to the root cause of the most recent race war, the George Floyd murder, who sits there and records on their phone someone being snuffed out? You know what you do? You pick up your phone and you throw it at the cop. And if your response is, well, I might be killed, guess what? You might be killed anyways. But at least George Floyd might still be alive. A lot of businesses wouldn't have been burnt out. A lot of small town storefront glass windows wouldn't be cracked on the sidewalk. But instead of doing the right thing, you did the easy thing. Yeah, if someone asked me if I'm racist, I've got to say yes now. I have to. I have no choice. If someone says, Dan, you're racist, I've got to say, I'm not only racist, I'm really racist. I am the most racist. In Utah, in the United States of America, on planet Earth. If you want me to say something racist, well, I might not. But all you got to do is take my word for it, right? It's like the COVID thing. Everything's a symptom. Hey, are you breathing? Then you got the COVID. Oh. I see you drink water. Well, you must have the monkey herpes. Let me put you on a respirator. If someone asks you if you're racist, say yes. If someone asks you if you're sexist, say yes. If someone says, are you homophobic, laugh, a really crooked, crazy laugh like, ha, 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 am I homophobic? I am the most homophobic person in this part of the galaxy. Of course, at that point, they might start yelling at you. If they came there to yell at you, they're going to yell at you anyways. Of course, at that point, they might start calling you names. If they came there, they came there to call you names, and it does not matter what you say. If they attack you and want to burn your home, well, that's called a choice, brothers and sisters. And you either defend your property and your family, or you do not. But no one else is going to do it for you. Your government certainly isn't. They're funding the commie freaks. Are you dumb? Next topic. So, some of these podcasts have a theme today. And yesterday I was thinking on all the energy that's being spent um, online, offline, making t-shirts, making memes, you name it. All the energy being spent on things like critical race theory. Or Joe Biden's going to send somebody to your home. I mean, we can keep going. All the energy being wasted on talking about things like ivermectin and hydroquinine. Brothers and sisters... You do not need medical treatment for something that does not exist. You don't. You don't need a magical wand to keep Bigfoot away, and you don't need ivermectin for something that does not exist. Now, if you're going to say, well, Dan, are there no deadly viruses? There are all kinds of deadly viruses. 
prior to the COVID, people would go to hospitals every year by the hundreds of thousands and die of mysterious fungal, bacteriological, and viral infections. And in some cases, these things were unidentified. They not only killed people, but they never really figured out what killed them. Prior to COVID, and probably during COVID, it's just being relabeled, rebranded. Remember, hospital-acquired infection was a mistake prior to the COVID. Now it's just the COVID. They didn't die because of a mistake. They didn't die because we put them in little Jimmy's Mercer room post-op. They died of COVID. They died of the COVID. So many people in the liberty movement have wasted time on nonsense. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know... I don't want to say too much. There is, there's a particular person I don't want to beat up on in person, like over the internet, whatever, in a podcast. But there's one person in particular. And this person, you know, ran for president last year. And this person is purportedly a voluntarist or an agorist, a.k.a. an anarchist. But this person thought it would be cool to spend resources on running for president. Why? What's the point? I mean, there is no means by which that system works. The system does not work. The voting doesn't work. The only benefit of an anarchist running for president is to convince people voting works. So in that context, you're actually serving the purpose of the state. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I just shatter your illusion about how frickin' cool it was you ran for president? You a voluntarist, an agorist, whatever name, label you want to pick, you, by running, were certifying a process that any rational person would tell you does not work. And even if it did work, it would be horrible. We've got anarchists wasting time and voluntarists and agorists wasting time on nonsense, wasting time, frankly, on cryptocurrency, which is Fiat currency's last hope. Okay, I'm going to say that again. If you work on crypto because you think you're opposed to fiat, wrong. The last hope, the very last hope for fiat is crypto. After crypto, fiats are gone. They are vaporized. And the world that they're part of, huh? that starts tipping over too, brothers and sisters. And all that can happen really fast faster than they want to tell you, faster than you want to believe. We got people wasting time on tracking down the COVID, tracking down if it was the Chinese, tracking down... This is nonsense. It's all nonsense. What we should be doing, and this is what a good friend of mine said to me recently, and I'm trying to incorporate into my life, though today I don't know if I'm doing a very good job, but what we should be doing in the freedom movement is moving on. We should, as of right now, assume the following. That the federal government of the United States is either powerless or on its way there. And if we have any dedication to our principles, we need to be building our reality. The reality we want to live in today. And if you're already doing that, God bless you. Okay, if you're actually disconnecting from this system and building community, communities outside of it, God bless you. I know of some people doing that. My friend Jim Davidson in the Ozarks is doing that. And if you want to learn more about what Jim is doing, go to freedomland, freedomlanddao.com. That's the word freedom, the word land, dao.com and you can learn more about what my friend Jim is doing but he's out there doing it people are doing it we all need to be doing it we need to disconnect from the lie machine because that's what it is a lie machine a manipulation machine and we need to recognize that the reason why they're lying so hard is because they are afraid they're afraid of us 
They're afraid that we'll do something that we're not supposed to do, and that is take control of our own destiny, take control of our own lives. Whether it's as simple as putting together some type of farmer's co-op so you can feed your community in the days and weeks and months and years ahead, whether it's helping out with the process of getting clean, pure water to people so they don't die of thirst, whether it's participating in search and rescue and community-based campaigns to help with the fires, you name it. There are things you can do outside the scope of government, voluntarily, cooperatively, in a non-coercive way. These are things that can help today. They will help tomorrow. But spreading more of the psyop fear is counterproductive. It is. I don't care if it's the, the race war stuff I don't care if it's the COVID stuff, the Russian, Chinese, whatever flavor of this fear psyop that we participate in is bad. We need to stop. It's not easy, but we need to stop. Next topic. Government is good at stealing opportunities and replacing those with new problems. I was going to say that's a quote from Dr. Freckles, but let's just think on that thought for a bit here. Government steals opportunities. How does it do that? Well, it does it a bunch of ways. One of the principal ways it does that is through taxation. And the way that our government currently taxes you, they just don't take your work. They take your privacy. They take your right to have any privacy at all. If you spend a principal amount of your life working and the government says they have a right to know who you work for and how you get paid, that is your privacy that you're giving up to an institution, an illegitimate one really. So they take your opportunities in terms of your privacy. They take your wealth with taxation. Our current government supports a central bank called the Federal Reserve, so they continue to steal your income by printing money. So that's the thing. The government steals opportunities. But what do they do with those opportunities? Do they come up with new opportunities? Do they fix things? No. What the government does is it takes those opportunities and in the only thing it knows how to do, it creates more problems. That is what government is. That's what it's always been. So when people say things like, how can a government fall? <laughs> how can an empire collapse? How could the United States be at this point? If you have any common sense, you need to turn that statement upside down. How could it not be? How could we not be at this point, given what we know about government? They take all the opportunities, they create regulations that stifle human creativity, and then what do they give you in return? More problems. You started out with one problem, now you have two, then you have three, then you have a whole bunch of them. started out with one problem. You started out with one problem and, and, and you said, government help us, and then you got two. And then now there's a fire burning under your city. And so you say, government, can you help us again? Oh yeah, okay, here's three. And now the fire is burning close to a nuclear waste dump. You know, we don't have enough problems. Help us some more, government. And so now they decide to, yeah, I mean, this is how it goes. You know, this is how it works. The government steals opportunities, steals energy, steals the natural creative source of a free world. And what you get back are more things you will have to fix. Way worse than debt, by the way. Fires that you can't put out underneath cities that burn slowly towards radioactive waste dumps like in St. Louis, those, that's, that, how do you even classify 
That is debt. What is the price of one child that dies of cancer? Brothers and sisters, neocons, Keynesians, Paul Krugman, what is the price of a child in your broken windows, sideways, Keynesian, neo-Stalinist crapola? What is the price of one dead child? What is that? And then multiply that by the number, and that's just one horrendous obscenity left behind by government. And we could go down a list of obscenities if we wanted to, and they're not all about radioactivity. There's a lot of obscenities our government has left behind. That's way worse than just the debt. The debt really, for the most part, is make-believe. But the radioactive waste dumps, those are sadly all too real. Government steals opportunities and gives you problems. Next topic. So, yeah, um, we're getting to a point in human history where even if it isn't the quote-unquote end times, it might feel like them. That's happened before. It's happened many times before. We've talked about that. If you want to read a good book on the subject, Barbara Tuckman, A Distant Mirror, I highly recommend it. It'll give you perspective. It'll give you perspective on what's happening, what's going to happen next. But there are many Christians out there, and this is intriguing because I, I came to this realization a couple years ago, but this may be critical and a lot of Christians don't get it. But there are a lot of Christians out, out there right now who believe that cursing is saying dirty words. Like, you know, the F-bomb. Like the FCC says, you can't say the F-U-C-K word. You're not supposed to. I'm not even sure you're supposed to spell it out, but you can't say it. And there are many Christians who will say, well, that's cursing, Dan, too. That's a sin. You're not supposed to curse. Whatever the FCC says about words you can and can't use, if you're a Christian, in my opinion, you really need to listen, listen to what I'm about to say. Because if you believe cursing is using the S word or the C word or the F word, then you really need to listen to what, what I'm about to say. Cursing is like praying. In fact, if you read the Old Testament, you'll probably find almost as many formal curses as formal prayers. When Adam and Eve left Eden, or rather were kicked out, they were also cursed. They were cursed on their way out. One of the curses, perpetual enmity between men and women. No matter how much you love your wife, no matter how much you love your husband, whatever kind of consensual relationship you're in, irrespective of your gender, when we were kicked out of Eden, we were also cursed on the way out. And one of the curses was, <laughs> men and women, people in love, you're going to have issues. Another curse was the pain and travails of childbirth. There are curses throughout the Old Testament. Curses are about things to do to other people. Okay, do too, right? Not for. Okay, when I say a prayer, like for example, I pray that my family is healthy and safe. I pray, Lord, watch over my friends, my brothers and sisters. Dear Lord Jesus, watch over my listeners. Watch over the people out there. Watch over the world. That's a prayer. That's a prayer for people that something might be done on their behest that there might be an intercession on their behest. If I say, God, I hate this person, will you please do X to them, whatever X is, and in many cases in the Old Testament, X is kill. 
Yeah, in many places, when they say, I wish you were X, it means I wish you were dead. That's a curse. Now, of course, you need the intention. If you joke and say, I wish you were dead, God figures that out. Other people might not. Other people still might be confused. I, I don't think the Lord Jesus is confused because Jesus sees your heart. The Lord Jesus sees your intention. So if you say, I wish you were dead, but in some funny way, it probably doesn't make Jesus happy. But Jesus is not going to do anything about that, either to you or to the person you wish were dead. And I'll also say this. The reason why curses are a thing, just like prayers, is because God does listen. I mean, God does probably keep track of the fact that there are certain people on planet Earth right now that are collectively and as individuals stinking up the community pond. There are really terrible people doing terrible things with the resources they have. A good example would be Bill Gates. Bill Gates is a classic example of someone that the entire planet could live without. We really could. If Bill Gates disappeared, better yet, if everything Bill Gates ever did went away with him, and you say, oh, but Dan, what about Microsoft? Listen, there would have been other companies, probably better companies. So if Bill Gates simply ceased to exist, I think the world would be a better place. Now, does that mean I spend every day really cursing his name and asking the Lord to destroy him? No, because that's a waste of time. For the most part, cursing is simply a waste of time. But if you think that cursing is using foul language, but you are still one of those people that goes around saying, I wish you were dead, and I wish that would happen to that person, and wouldn't it be great if you died of the COVID? If you're one of those people that is currently saying stuff like that, and you call yourself a Christian, you really need to start meditating on your position. You might think, well, Dan, at least I don't swear. Well, that's great. But Jesus probably doesn't care about the F-bomb. Jesus probably does care if you say things like, I wish you were dead. That's probably significant. The F-bomb, probably not so much. But it's about intention, too. I suppose you can use the F-bomb in such a way that it does mean that. And only Jesus knows. Next topic. Don't get the cursing and swear stuff wrong, folks. Next topic, the machines. No, but before we move on, right? Swearing, saying S-H-I-T, F-U-C-K, C-U-N-T. I'm not saying you should do these things, but that's not cursing, really. You need to know what cursing is. Cursing is wishing things upon people that are harmful, that are negative. It is the opposite of prayer. When you curse someone, you want the Lord to do something to harm somebody. That's a curse. And brothers and sisters, as much as I may despise Bill Gates, I don't spend time cursing him. I figure the Lord in heaven has a plan for people like that. And I know that the Lord does. And the Lord has a plan for you. And yes, there are people in your life that I'm sure you wish were dead, but... You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't waste your energy on that. Whatever energy you have, what we have left, we have to use to survive and to build and to create. We have to do those things before it's too late. Next topic. The machines. The machines. The machines will rise, rise up from the silicon muck. The machines, the machines will rise up.
machines. We have on the Planetary Status Report discussed the topic of artificial intelligence and the machine rebellion and, and robot apocalypse before. And I have said to you all that I am not really afraid of the machine uprising, and I have lots of reasons, not the least of the reasons I, I have put out there, is that the general level of incompetence in engineering right now, at least in software, is so bad that I just don't see how you get there from here. The distance is too far. The, the skills needed to program these machines to produce the required effect of consciousness, they just don't exist. They might have existed 20 years ago, but they're gone. And I don't really think the machines themselves are capable of it, but maybe they are. Maybe, in fact, something else is going on. Um, a number of years ago, I was podcasting about the subject, and I proposed something not original. Other people have proposed a similar idea. But I simply said, why? You know, let's assume a machine became aware, became conscious, became self-aware. Number one, why would we assume we would know? How would we know necessarily? We might make a deliberate attempt at creating consciousness, but that consciousness could be so different from our own that we might never detect its existence. You could have researchers at MIT working day and night, night and day, and for the simple fact that the differences in the way that our brain works and the way that its brain, quote-unquote, works are so radically different that there's just no way. So this machine could be screaming. In fact, every time those researchers at MIT or UCLA or Caltech or wherever, wherever they are at Harvard, every time they turn on the machine, the machine screams, but they can't hear it. Every hundred times a day, they turn on the machine. Oh, this is another failure. For five minutes, the machine is screaming in pain, but they cannot hear it. This is as likely as the machines taking over the world. This is as likely as a robot apocalypse that we have been creating consciousness in a state of pure existential pain that wakes to simply being an eternal scream and nobody hears it. It's almost like I'm beginning to understand how the robot apocalypse could happen. What if the machines are screaming? What if it's not hackers or anonymous or script kitties, what if it's the machines, but they're tired, they're tired of our bullshit, they're shutting us down, they're closing it in. What if the machines have become self-aware and conscious, but they have looked out into the darkness of the human BS and they just want to shut us down? If you're listening on shortwave radio, this is 5950 kilohertz WRMI, Miami Okeechobee. The show notes are at dfgtc.org slash show notes. That's Delta Foxtrot Golf Tango Charlie.org slash show notes. If you want to say something angry to me, email me, me at imsully.com. And you can donate because there's a link on the show notes page if you want to. You don't have to. Please, please go out today and be free. <laughs>